Hey everybody, Jimmy Warren here. Welcome to a brand new episode of Guitar Talk at guitartalkofficial.com. We've got a great show in store for you today. Before we get into it, just a reminder. November 12th, I'll be playing at the Grandel Theater in St. Louis, Missouri. Show starts at 7 p.m. Tickets are available at Metro Ticks. I can say that there's a low uh, amount of tickets still left available. Uh, it's for the Gratitude House charity. It's going to be an amazing show. The Grandel's a beautiful place. And uh, we got the special guest, Heartless, a heart tribute band, which I absolutely love. They're very good. It's going to be a great show. So that's November 12th at the Grandel Theater. Tickets available at Metro Ticks. And uh, come on out. I think tickets start at $25. It goes to a really good cause. And uh, it's going to be a great night of music kicking off at 7 p.m. Also, uh, January 29th, Guitar Talk is hosting uh, the Illinois Guitar and Gear Expo at the Kankakee County Fairgrounds in Kankakee, Illinois. A uh, place to buy, sell, and trade new used and vintage guitar gear and other musical instruments, sound equipment, basses, keyboards, you name it. It's going to be a great time. There's going to be clinics uh, through a portion of the day. There's going to be some really well-known guitar players there. We're going to announce their names real soon. It's going to be Sunday, January 29th. It's an hour south of the city of Chicago, right off of Interstate 57. It costs $10 to get in. So it's extremely reasonable. So you can come out and check out some really cool gear. Uh, here's some uh, cool clinics about some gear and some from uh, from some great players in that and just have an all-around good time. For more information around that, you can go to IllinoisGuitarExpo.com. Now today my guest is the bass player for uh, a legendary band. Uh, they're one of the biggest bands in history. I think I can say that. I think that would be safe to say. Uh, we're talking about Timothy B. Schmidt, the bassist for the Eagles. Um, I had an opportunity to sit down with Timothy and discuss his newest solo album uh, that he just put out, and uh, and also what's going on, you know, with the Eagles in that with Vince Gill and all the the changes, you know, since Glenn Fry passed. And stuff, and uh, it was a really good conversation. I think you're really going to enjoy it. So do yourself a favor, sit down, put your feet up, get a nice cool beverage, and enjoy this conversation with Timothy B. Schmidt, the bassist for the Eagles, right here on Guitar Talk with me, Jimmy Warren. There he is. Magical, isn't it? <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> How you doing? How you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I'm real good. Thank you very much for asking. So, uh, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, I want to talk about everything Timothy B. Schmidt. So, uh, I hope that's okay. You know, I'd like to really ask you a couple of questions about your playing, if you don't mind. Um, okay. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that happen in a musician's life in the early days when they're developing themselves. And I'm kind of curious as to what are some of the things that you did during those formative days that have helped you become the musician and the player that you are now? Well, I, you know, I've always been attracted 
to music. I was around it all my life. My dad was a musician. He played clubs pretty much all his life. Uh, and then, you know, I, you know, I was an avid radio listener and I really loved all the, you know, when it got kind of in past the mid fifties, there was a lot more rock and roll happening, doo-wop and more, more pop, I guess, stuff happening and more exper experimental stuff happening. That all just, it just ate it up. I was always um, into singing. I could, I could, uh, I would harmonize with, you know, with the, the singers on the radio and I would listen to what they were doing. Eventually when my friends and I started playing like ukuleles and banjos and guitars and started singing, it was during the early folk scene. And uh, so we, we started studying records and uh, learning that way, sort of teaching ourselves. Then, then when we started, um, when we decided to get a drummer and go electric, uh, we all wanted to play lead guitar. But it, so we switched off all the instruments all the time, the, 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 the guitar players, and it, it, it soon became obvious who should be playing what. And that was how I started playing the bass all the time. <laughs> That's really cool, though, that you know you got into a, a not only a diverse styles of music but also multi you know instrumentation in that because so many people lock on to one thing they might not lock in they might lock into one genre of music that they like and they lock into one instrument you know that just really you know hits them right and that's what they stick with their whole life and uh the, the fact that you're so well-rounded says a lot about you as as a musician but it also goes to uh show why you're where you're at you know why you've had the experiences you have because it seems like you're surrounded by people that are almost the same way is, is that correct um i suppose um there's a lot more at play for someone's success uh than talent I, it's obvious sure. to me i've heard so many incredible players singers writers who this doesn't happen most of them actually, you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel, I don't know how it happened to me, uh, but I'm, I, it doesn't, it doesn't go by me. I, I'm very fortunate that way. And I, and I, and I realize it. So I, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know uh, how, how that really happened. I had a friend years later, he, he was in a band and I saw him, he was in a cool band in Sacramento where I grew up. And this was before my friends and I got electric guitars. And he was an inspiration to us. And he was, he had cool hair, he could sing, he had the great guitar. He had like the, you know, the Stratocaster and the great equipment. And he, he was just so cool. And he was very uh, inspiring to us. And I got to meet, I got to see him. Jeez. 45, 50 years later, and I got to tell him that. And um, and he, and I kind of went through my spiel and I just did saying, I don't really know how, how, how I was one of the people picked out to have this kind of life and this kind of career. And he, he told me that I, that I, that I had, he told me that I was tenacious, which I had never, ever would have put that handle on me before, but 
I suppose in some ways, when I think back, it might be true. Like when I joined Poco, they wanted a bass player who could sing preferably high and was a songwriter. And I said, that's me. <laughs> so I went home and wrote a song. Yeah. So I, I kind of put myself on the line there. I don't know if that's tenacity or not, but that did happen. Yeah. Well, it's, it seems like, you know, you have to have that, you know, you can call it tenacity, you call it, you know, passion, drive, whatever it is. It seems like most of the people that I talk to in the music world that have some semblance of success, you know, are extremely passionate and very driven to do what they do. And, uh, and, and I think that's what it is, is it's the consistency that goes with it too. Wouldn't you think? Because a lot of people fall off. They're not willing to go the length or to sacrifice or to do whatever it takes in order to achieve that kind of, uh, you know, I, I, I really believe it's a lot of being in the right place too, because, you know, some people yeah. don't get to meet a, a connection that might not seem connected to other, to your, your journey. But, you know, some people don't get those chances. I, I don't really know. It, all I know is I'm very thankful for it. Yeah, yeah. So, so would you say that you're equally as passionate about playing the bass as you are about music in general? Right. Because some some people, the instrument, they love the instrument, but it's a tool in order for them to do something else that they love, which might be songwriting or, you know, uh, uh, something else. But there's some people that are equally as passionate about, you know, playing the instrument and spending time with the instrument. Is that you or. Well, I think it's a, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I, yeah. I've always considered myself a singer first. But it's just been in the last, I don't know, the last 10, 15 years where, where um, I, I actually feel like, you know, a decent bass player, really. I, 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 so I guess it was more, maybe more of a tool. But I've always loved yeah. playing the bass because it's, so, it's kind of obscure to some people, you know. But some people don't, wouldn't know people who aren't musical, but but like music, um, might not even pick out the bass, but they would sure miss it if it wasn't there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah. so I, I just feel really, again, fortunate to be able to, uh, to be that singing bass player. I, I, I really do enjoy playing the bass more and more, actually. Mm -hmm. Now, do you, do you spend a lot of time with it, though? I mean, is it, you know, some guys always got their instrument in their hand, you know, especially, you know, guitar players and bass players. Some guys are just always with it, always fiddling with, you know, different gear and gadgets and stuff like that. Is is that you? I mean, you don't come across as the kind of guy that's a really techie kind of person, but when it comes to gear and that, but I could be completely wrong. No, you're probably more right than wrong. Uh, I, I, uh, I'm not that guy. I don't spend a ton of time I play more acoustic guitar than anything because I'm yeah. trying to write songs and, and I, right. and I've come up with licks on the bass that became a basis of, 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 a, of a, you know, an eventual song. Like I, I did a song that Cheryl Crow was on called, um, 
the good fight a couple of years ago. And um, that, that was started with the, the uh, beginning bass lick, but pretty much most of the time I play, I play more, more acoustic guitar. And mm -hmm. when I do my solo shows, which are far and, and few in between, but uh, um, I, I play probably more acoustic guitar than, than the bass. Um, so I ju I'm just trying to stay expanded. I, it, it, to me, it's not, it's not real easy to, but I, all, I do pick it up to, to remind myself of what I do, but, but not, yeah. it's not a daily occurrence. Uh, um, I, it's just, uh, I guess it was more of a tool in the beginning and, and I loved listening to great bass players you know, as well, yeah. including stand-up players. Right. Right. So, so what would you tell people, you know, since, you know, uh, you are a great songwriter, you know, the new album day by day is, you know, it's, it's on my Spotify playlist. It's something that I really do honestly listen to on a regular basis ever since I got it, ever since it came out. It's, it's a great album Thank in you. that. But what would you tell people that struggle with songwriting? You know, uh, I'll just say myself, I struggle with songwriting. It's it, especially when it comes to the, the lyrical aspect of it in that. How, how does somebody become, you know, um, conditioned, if, if that's even a possibility? I, I, I don't really know other than you just have to work at it. Yeah. And, I'm, and, you know, like anything else, some people are... are, are, are better, more adapted to it than others. Some people, some people might, shouldn't even try, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I, I just, I just kind of go like this and step off the cliff and see what happens. And, um, and, and it's, if you've got, if you've got an, you know, aptitude towards doing that, you, it, it really, that isn't all you need. You need to sit down and do it. And you need to work at it and you need to spend a lot of time on it, which I do. I, I need a lot of time because I'm not particularly prolific, you know, like speed wise writing songs. Some come easier than others and some, uh, some are just like, uh, you know, really difficult. There was a, there was this, I, I have three children they are really spaced out. So I did three, Sesame Street periods of my life, but there was a character. There was a Muppet who was a songwriter. He was playing, he'd be playing the piano and he would say, he would, his thing was, twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder where you are. Hmm. High above the world so high, like a diamond in the, like a diamond in the, uh, and then he'd break down because he couldn't figure out the rhyming word, you know. <laughs> it kind of actually is like that sometimes. Uh, <laughs> that would be worth seeing. I'd love to see that guy again. I should go on YouTube and see if I can find him because I don't know what his name was. That's really funny. That's so, really so funny. So what I'm saying is it's not it's not always easy. It's it's very difficult sometimes. And some complete days of working on something. Don't, seemingly don't come to fruition, but they do in another sense in that you have to go through that to get to the good stuff. That That's what I found. Yeah. 
Wow. So would you would you also say or do you think that the people that you surround yourself with as a musician, because I've always been a firm believer that it's always wise to hang around people who are much better than you are at different aspects of music, whether it's me as a guitar player hanging around guitar players that are much better than I am or people that, you know, if you're trying to write songs, people who are much better. Would you say that that that's the case for you too, that you've surrounded yourself or you try to surround yourself with people that not necessarily because, you know, you're, you're at a completely different position than a guy like me is, but uh, you know, isn't it, isn't that a wise idea though, to surround yourself with really great players? Yes. And I've actually been just kind of put in those positions all my life. So yeah. it's kind of ready built in there, but I think you're right. Yeah. Like, for instance, now uh, we we have Vince Gill in, in the band, and he's like, yeah. he, he's got more talent than anybody I know, you know, as a singer and a player. And uh, yeah. and he's, it, it's very inspiring. I'll never be at that level, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, it's not a competition. I love being able to, to be on stage and just, and know the guy. He, he's, he's a really great per- human being as well. So, but yeah, there's an example of like seeing somebody who's really got it. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, and that's something that you really have to do through your whole life consciously, you know, when you say, you know, it's, you know, as you're growing up, your parents always tell you, you know, to, you know, beware who you hang around kind of thing. And so it's a conscious decision to look out or to, to scout out and be around people that, you know, not only have the drive that you have to 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 make music and to be you know uh, uh, a good musician, but are also at a, at a completely different space that where they you know help lift you up. Because I can remember you know being a young player. My first gig was with Betty Miles, and uh, and and I can remember being at a place to where you know I was just in awe of the people around me because they were just so much better than me. But it it made me, you know, play better. It made me, you know, look at music and doing music business differently and better and so forth. And yeah. so, uh, yeah. When I, know, was, so I when I first joined Poco, I felt that way. There was some, you know, I was surrounded by some great, you know, inspired musicians and singers. So yeah. 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 So now the album, I know it just came out in May, uh, day by day. Why don't you tell, you know, if, if you don't mind, I mean, my listeners, a little bit about the album, some of the, you know, backstory to it. And, uh, you know, maybe if some of the musicians that you had on it, it like I said before, it is a really great album. And uh, I've really enjoyed, you know, every time that I've, you know, I actually just spent, you know, two hours listening to it, you know, preparing for this. <laughs> But anyway, if you wouldn't mind. There, there's really no big backstory because when I, what I try to do when I have the time, which is usually in between Eagles activity, sometimes it's only 10 days or two weeks. Uh, and during, during heavy COVID lockdown was, was an ideal time to go to work. Yeah. Uh, uh, horrible for a lot of people, but not that bad for a lot of artists. Um, I, I just try to um, write songs. I try to compose songs that, that satisfy me, first of all. Uh, 
And uh, that's what I do. I don't even turn on my studio until I have something to turn it on for. You know, I, I use the space as a, just a writing space. Um, so there's no big concept to what I do. I've never thought of any album as a concept or tried to write a concept album. I, do, I write tunes and I, I eventually have enough in my back pocket recorded to, to see if, that's, if these songs will fit together uh, in, a, in a nice way, in a listenable way, and, wh and what's the sequence, what songs should, should, fit, uh, should fit where. So it's really that. It's just that I just, I write songs uh, and then I um, put them together, you know, in a unit. And then I release that, do some shows like this, maybe do some shows live uh, when I can. Yeah. And then I do it again because I enjoy yeah. it. I enjoy the process of songwriting. Yeah. Well, you can tell that your background's really diverse because the songs on the album are diverse. You know, it's not like every single song, you know, is the same. You know, it's like you get a Judas Priest album, and, and I love Judas Priest too, but you get a Judas Priest album and it just all kind of sounds, it's not the same. I don't want to say, you know, because I don't want, you know, those guys to call me and be mad at me. But your the songs on your album are are diverse from one from another. I mean... You, you know, stylistically, you know, instrumentally, you know, it's like they're different, you know, is that's not on purpose. That's just you being natural, correct? Yes, it's not on purpose. I, I get I get latched onto an idea I think I should follow through on and it comes out like it comes out. And I, you know, and that that's that's sometimes I wonder if that's OK, because the, because most of my albums, especially the last three, are really eclectic. Um, mm -hmm. uh, there's no one style. But mm -hmm. you know, I you know, I I did listen to and still listen to a lot of different things. I was listening to classical music this morning, uh, and sometimes I listen to jazz. Uh, so I listen to uh, all kinds of stuff sure. because it all goes in, and uh, I listen to what what suits me. I'll just go radio surfing. Um, and I, I, there's so many things I like, I guess that's, that's why there's uh, so many different styles, if, if you want to call it styles. But um, it's, I don't know, it's just what I do. I, I, I try my best. Yeah. Now, do you plan on doing any shows? You know, I know, I know that you're, you know, really tied down with your commitments, you know, to the Eagles and I'm sure other things, but do you plan on getting out and doing any shows at all around this album? Just waiting to see if there's more shows or not and, and when they would be, I should be finding out pretty soon. And when yeah. I find out when the probable fi final Eagles tour or show is, uh, of this year, because I, I hope that it I hope we continue on next year. Uh, at that point, I'll see if there's a good space for me to have enough prep time and to go do some shows. So it's still kind of up in the air, but I'd like to, yes. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, to, to just touch on the Eagles for just a second, you know, like, like most people, you know, I'm a fan of the Eagles, have listened to them, you know, since the 70s in that. 
but you 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 spoke of Vince Gill earlier, you know, a few minutes ago, and I got to tell you that the the concerts that I've seen because I've seen a few with Vince are, are just flat out amazing. I mean, you got Glenn Frey's son and Vince, and it's just it's just a great show, just an absolutely great show. That was I don't know whose idea it was to pull Vince in, you know, or to pull Glenn Frey son in but i mean that was absolutely genius hats off to you man yeah, thank you <laughs> yeah well you know what timothy i appreciate the time that you've given me today my friend and it was an absolute treat talking to you and uh i thank you so much i really okay. do nice talking with you thank you all right all the best well i hope you enjoyed that conversation with timothy b schmidt of the eagles i want to thank timothy so much for participating in this episode do yourself a favor, go to uh, his website or wherever music is and get a copy of his newest CD. It is really, really good. Uh, man, the guy is just an extreme talent and uh, a part of one of the most historic bands in rock history and that. So uh, check out where the, I think the Eagles are on tour. They're going to be on tour until the end of this year and that, but uh, go go see them, you know, go see them before you can't see them no more. That's the thing to do. And once again, thanks to Timothy for, for being on. I really appreciate it. Until next week, I'm Jimmy Warren. Thank you so much for tuning in to Guitar Talk. While you're uh, uh, still awake, do yourself a favor. Go to guitartalkofficial.com. Check out everything that's going on because there's so much happening. And then get yourself a t-shirt at our shop. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Warren. I'll see you later.